Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Shot Callers, presented by 48 Minutes Network. I'm your host, Kyle Brannon. Joining me this week, my very good friend, Joe Micucci. Joe is a Pacers fan, and Joe also just put out a, a new record uh, with his band, Far From It. He's the lead man of the band, so he's going to be joining us. We're going to talk about the Pacers. We're going to talk a little bit about Mello, uh, and then we kind of just spitball about the league. So it's a fun one. I've wanted to have Joe on for, for quite some time. So um, our intro that you're going to hear is going to be from their new record. And then, of course, we'll end the show um, with the song Creamsicle from the record. So make sure you check it out. Uh, make sure you check them out. They're, they're a really awesome band uh, from the Midwest. So if you like 90s music at all, uh, I'm sure you'll love it. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't Remember when you asked to But I chose, I chose, I chose, I chose, I chose To let you linger In the back of my mind All right, guys, I'm here with Joe Micucci. Joe, we've been wanting to do something since we recently met. We haven't known each other for a super long time. Yeah. Uh, but Not right when we met, we knew. We, <laughs> we both liked the same music. We both liked hoops. And this just made sense. And so, Honestly, shout out to Trey. <laughs> and shout out to Trey. Our, our the, buddy Trey linked us up. The matchmaker. So Joe is joining us um, right when he just... He's in a band far from it. Um, they just released a new EP. It was just out uh, a week ago, so it's been out for one week exactly. And right when it came out, I, I reached out to him and I said, "Hey, man, we gotta, we gotta have you on the pod. We gotta talk about the new record because uh, Creamsicle is the jam, and uh, <laughs> we gotta talk some hoops." So, uh, so Joe, I guess tell the uh, tell the listeners um, a little bit about your your basketball background, your music background. Um, yeah. Right on. Um, yeah, like Kyle said, my name is Joe Makuchi. Um, I live in Indianapolis. Uh, so just to get it out of the way, yes, I am a Pacers fan. Uh, we don't hold that against you. No, 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 I know. Somehow Kyle and I <laughs> no are friends. Even though, yeah. No one's perfect. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I play in a, a band. We just based, say we're based out of the Midwest cause I live in Indianapolis, uh, our drummer Jordan lives in Columbus, but we're called Far From It. Uh, yeah, we just put an EP out a week ago. It's still crazy to think about because it's been like three years in the making, but that's still sick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And, and uh, like I said, Creamsicle, that is my jam. Um, I'm an Apple Music guy, but I know a lot of people use Spotify as well. Yeah. Um, but I've I've just had it on my recent searches and like my top three recent searches for the last my guy uh, a week or so so thank you i appreciate it like we've been 
I mean, we've been genuinely like blown away by just the positive reception we've gotten for it, which is like still cool because it's still like kind of growing every day since it's we're kind of a newer band, so to speak. Just because like I've been doing Far From It for like I said three years, but we've really kind of finally revved the engines this year, more or less. So it's cool finally seeing some actual growth. Um, yeah, especially because like. I mean, I'm doing a rare solo set in a couple of weeks here in Andy, so I'm excited to see how that goes because I haven't done one in like two years. And then we're doing we're playing Threat Fest in Nashville, Tennessee, at the end of the month. So I'm 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 excited to finally like play these songs for people where I can actually be like, hey, it's out. Have you heard it? Um, if not, go listen to it instead of to. yeah. The past three, the past two and a half years, it was yeah. This EP is gonna come out at some point. I don't know. I'll record them when I want to record right. them. Right, uh, I get that. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's definitely got, um, to me, it's got a bit of a 90s vibe. I think we, we've said that before. What yeah. would, what would you say, like, for fans of? Um, This EP is for fans of guys that started writing songs in open tunings and then got tired of open tunings and finally went back to standard tunings. <laughs> um, I don't, I, musically it's, it's definitely like very nineties alternative, which is, yeah. that's, that's the vibe we're really going for in general. Cause oh, yeah. Jor- Jordan and I just really love that stuff. Um, I, I would say this EP definitely is, I don't know if you dig very just stuff. My friend described it as, for fans of driving around with your windows down and letting Joe's silky smooth voice soothe you. <laughs> so I, was, I guess <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised the first time I heard your voice. Cause I like, we'll play, we'll play like video games together and stuff like that. And we'll talk all the time, but you, you have some <laughs> really nice vocal cords, man. You can Thank actually you. sing really Thank well. You. I, yeah, was, I, I was very surprised. Well, it's cause I, I mean, I was real. I mean, we're we play video games with a lot of people that are in bands or have been around bands. And like when I first started playing with you guys, I, I mean, I was like, I don't, I'm not gonna be that guy. that's like, oh, yeah, I'm in a band too. Like, it's it's commonplace for me at this point because that's you know the people we're surrounded with. Yeah. So I don't know. I I also kind of thank you by the way. I I do appreciate it because I I haven't really been the front man of a band since my old local days. Um, so it's cool. It's weird getting back to it because I, I spent the last couple years just being a guitar player and kind of backing vocalist for a couple bands from Ohio. Um, so yeah, and, it's, and it's successful cool to bands it. too, man. Yeah. Um, Jetty Bones. Um, yeah. Jetty Bones. I mean, that's that's all just, Kelsey. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, all absolutely. her. But uh, absolutely. She, yeah. They're about to go on tour with Newfound Glory, which is wild I saw to think that. about. Um, I saw that. Did they so, did they tour with Tiny Moving Parts? Yeah. So I when I, well I those was in a like band. My, those are like yeah. my guys. Like Dil- I, oh. I love dude TMP are the boys. Um, yeah. I did like Dil- a month literally. long tour with them once and and they are truly my guys. So yeah, that that was a lot of fun. Dylan and I talked sports a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Min- anything Minnesota. Yeah. So. Um, I'll never forget. He actually um, they I him and. Uh, they, they all went to a Timberwolves game together and they were playing the Thunder. It wasn't this past season, so I guess two seasons ago now. And 
he knew that I hated Paul George after everything that went down in Indiana. <laughs> and so he just zooms in on Paul George and then he zooms out and it's him flipping him off. And I was like, my guy, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so, so let's get into that. So yeah. you hate Paul George for, okay. I, for requesting I a trade out of Indiana. I don't necessarily, I, okay. Or the reason, a trade, I guess. How, the reason I have dislike for Paul George and I, it's more or less just bitterness at this point. I'll admit it. Um, but I'll never forget, like, the dude, they had their their annual celebrity softball game in downtown Indianapolis. And, like, he was telling reporters, like, oh, yeah, I want to I wanna be a pacer for life. Like, I want to be here. And this is after the speculation had started that he wasn't going to resign because this was going into the last year of his contract. And no bullshit the very next day is when his agent announced that paul george does not intend to resign with the indiana pacers and wants to go to the los angeles lakers and i was just like dude come on how are you gonna lie at a charity softball game but doesn't every player do this Didn't, I know. doesn't doesn't lebron say like cleveland is my home doesn't Kyrie say i'll yeah. i'll stay if you'll have me zion came out last week and said i want to play in new orleans my whole career I know. I know. Like, I feel like it's just kind of like, almost like a, a press conference answer where, you know, you have to say it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it even though you you know it's gonna look yeah. bad, and I, honestly, like hindsight, like I really shouldn't be that mad about it. Still, it's just, it's your, the Pacers are like, not only like my favorite basketball team, they're like the only team that I live in the same city of that I root for. Because yeah. my favorite teams are all over the place, so they're they're my my true number one. So it was just so heartbreaking. Because it was like, oh, you were supposed to. Um, what is it? It's like that uh, that Tyra Banks skit or not skit, but the <laughs> we clip. Like, yeah, we we believed in you. We're rooting for you. Yeah. yeah. So it was just it, it it hurt, man. But I mean, also hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, we got Oladipo and Sabonis out of it. Like Kevin Pritchard, that worked out better than anybody could have projected so yeah. go us i guess yeah you, i mean you could have got five first round picks in shea and gallinari though but well yeah <laughs> but i don't think yeah yeah different circumstances i the other reason it it stung a little bit for me was because um and this is kind of my definitely some of my background with with the pacers uh paul george and george hill they did this van zone while they were here called the G2 zone, which is like you auditioned for it. And like, if you were selected, they covered your season tickets. Like, and this is, I'm not just talking about like regular season. Like if the Pacers made the playoffs, you went through it. Like the first year I did it, we went to the, it was when we went to the Eastern, I say we, I hate doing that. Um, it's when the Pacers went to the Eastern conference finals. Um, and so like my buddy Joe and I, we were there watching them take on the heat and you, you it was won. sick. You won season tickets. Yeah, two years right? in a row. Two yeah, years two in years. a row. Yeah. And they, it was really fun. Like, it was super fun. It was surprisingly exhausting because, like, you were having to play in your, like, days around, like, okay, I get off work at 545. Now I have to drive from, like, the northwest side of Indy to downtown Indianapolis. Now I'm at the game, and I'm not getting home until, like... <laughs> 10 45 11 at night and when i left my house at 8 45 in the morning to get to work on time it's just like honestly crazy to to think about it 
that why I did it, but it was it was so much fun. The only thing I regret is that like, um, some like the chants that they do like are so some ill informed stuff sometimes. Like they just want to try and you know get in the player's head. It's like, come on, we're not in high school anymore. Let's yeah. let's just let's chant like let's do goofy stuff still. But when you start doing the personal attacks on players, it just gets really dumb. And yeah, I think that's just me. That growing older too i've definitely like changed from i used to be your prototypical blame the refs like blame the star calls which i mean listen we know that that does happen but you know the reason those pacer teams didn't win in the past was just because they weren't good enough it's it's not because of anything else but at the time i was definitely one of those like oh if if you know adam silver would have done something about the officiating like and just didn't let LeBron and Dwayne Wade get away with murder <laughs> instead of, you know, looking at it from, well, maybe if, like, our defensive rotations were a little bit better and maybe if we didn't, like, commit all in to the smash mouth basketball. But <laughs> what can so, you do? So how would you compare the hype of those years to the hype of this year? Because I, like I feel like there's getting, there's some there's some steam behind uh, the Pacers this year. I, I think the hype with this current cast of characters that the Pacers have is different in the sense that it's all based around young potential, whereas that Pacers team, really the only young potential was Paul George. The rest was, like, somewhat proven veterans, so to speak. You know, they got Paul George in that Kawhi trade, which I'm going to just defend to this day, like, it was a different time in the NBA, and there's no way that any front office was going to know that positionless basketball was coming. So I'll, I'll just get that out of the way now, as much as it hurts seeing them on the same team now. But yeah. I digress. Um, they made the George Hill trade because he was, you know, he was an upgrade over what they had at point guard at the time. And George Hill had some really good seasons with the Pacers. Like, he was the scapegoat on those teams because he was the hometown kid. So he everybody put way more pressure on him. And, like, props to him for dealing with it. Because I, I thought he was really solid for the Pacers during his time here. And then, you know, they had David West, just like... who David West, and they had Lance, and, oh, at the time, I think, Bill Simmons and Jalen, when they would do their uh, NBA previews, they were like, those are two guys that would be on the all-NBA all Dark Alley team or something <laughs> like that. that that's so, very true. Yeah, so that starting, that starting five... Um, plus um, Lance coming off the bench, you know, it was still guys that had been around for a minute, whereas now it's, you have, um, you know, Oladipo, who were really just banking on coming back from that injury. And by we in this case, I mean, you know, the media, fans, everybody's banking on that. You know, he's going to come back. He's going to be healthy and better. I'm, I'm still kind of worried i know was it tony parker who had the same injury and he came back from it fine or something like that i i i don't remember but if he comes back healthy then you have obviously your star you hope that he's going to progress he was kind of regressing a little bit last season um his shot selection was not as good as it could have been um so we'll see with that but you're also banging on you know brogdon coming in and continuing to improve, which I think he will. I think Malcolm Brogdon's a great player. I, I liked him in Milwaukee a ton. I think Milwaukee screwed up how, letting him go. 
How um, much? So Brogdon's already twenty six. How yeah. much improvement do you think he really I, has? I I think it's more the improvement in the sense that he knows confidently that he is the guy and that at the one position I should say, okay. and so him like improving into actually being more on a full time basis. I I guess a floor general for lack of a better term. Because he even said in his introductory press conference with the media that, like, I'm not here to to be a go-to scorer. I'm here because I want to make Victor Oladipo better. I'm here because I want to make Miles oh, Turner nice. better. I want to make Sabonis better. So he wants to be more, like, he, he wants to lead by making guys better. So that's, where I guess, where I mean where I want to see if he can maybe not improve but actually fill that role that he wants to fill for the team. Okay. Um, Overall... I really, really like the Malcolm Brogdon signing. Yeah, uh, I th- I think it was a really I still, good move. I still don't understand why it was a sign and trade and why it wasn't just a straight up sign. But I don't know. I th- um, I <laughs> trying to make sense of it. I mean, I guess it has to do with the fact that like the Pacers. I I, I guess I could get it because they knew the Bucks weren't going to re-sign him. So they were like, here, let's do this sign-and-trade to make sure that Malcolm Brogdon, or Malcolm Brogdon doesn't accept any offer sheets or gets a better offer sheet from somewhere else. So yeah. it could have just been an insurance move. Okay. And I think they used some of those draft picks that they got from either Miami or Phoenix. So it wasn't all that awful. I forget. There was a first-rounder, I think, included. I forget the – I'm sorry. I'm muddy on the details. No, um, you're good. Yeah, you're good. but um, – so, that's so that would make sense why it was a sign and trade then yeah. in my mind. Yeah, uh, we did a live um, draft podcast and we we did like a um, live cast and everything like that and we we did mm-hmm. it on YouTube and Twitter and everything. And when Goga Batazzi was selected by the Pacers, mm-hmm. I was shocked. Um, I I know that you're not <laughs> supposed to draft for fit so much as far as just drafting the best guy yeah but i thought man this team is definitely not going to draft another like front court center kind of guy yeah i at first especially with i mean sabonis uh, and and turner are both 23 yeah the way i look at it um because at first i was just like my classic Pacers fan pessimism kicked in and I was like oh my god we drafted another fucking white guy why <laughs> like that's that's it's just what it is um I was like oh my god here we go I thought the Larry Bird days were behind us Kevin Pritchard what are you doing you've done so well so far and then once once that subsided and I started like looking into the guy I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> this guy's sick!" It, like, you know, he's tearing up Euro League. Um, I, I like the draft pick a lot because I think it's again insurance for. I, I know they're working on actually securing an extension with Sabonis right now. I think that's like Pritchard's top priority for the Pacers. Um, so I guess they're working on in the sense they're thinking, "Oh, well, if something happens to where we actually don't." end up re-signing Sabonis or we end up moving on from him we have another guy with the potential um so we'll see I think he's definitely if he can come in and provide solid minutes off the bench they really do need a shot like some form of shot blocker some guy in the paint for that second unit that is what really killed them when they would take 
Turner off the floor because it blows my mind when Pacers fans, when I when I run into Pacers fans that try to give me this argument of why DeMontis Sabonis is so much better than Miles Turner. I'm like, have you watched the guy play defense? He's got issues. Like, he's got to clean it up. Like, the dude, within 30 seconds of being on the court, he gets called for a foul. Like, he's got oh, foul issues right now. Um, so, he's, I don't he's know. He's definitely efficient. Yes. He's definitely efficient oh. on the offensive end. Oh, on the but... offensive end. Like, you're not going to get an argument from me. I think he definitely, as of right now, is a better offensive player than Turner. But if Miles Turner can get that jump shot consistent and really start hitting the three-pointer at an efficient rate, which I know those are two big ifs, but he was showing some signs of it last season, that's when you can start getting into the argument that, okay, Turner is probably the better all-around player. But yeah, definitely right now, Domas is is the better guy. I'm I'm excited to see the two of them going into this season knowing that them on the floor together is what's going to be the move. Like that's what the Pacers are going in on. So yeah, I, I think it's super interesting. I and I also just think it's putting talent on the floor and mm-hmm. I think that him and Turner as as much as it's a lot of front court, um I think that you're seeing people like Philly do it. And mm-hmm. I think that those two players complement each other really well, like you said, where yeah. Miles Turner, in my opinion, it was it was offensive that he wasn't on the all defensive team. I remember uh, we talked about this. Yeah, it uh, was uh, crazy to me. Like, like you were like, he's the best player on the best defensive team, and he's not. Yeah, he in, let, in the category. Yeah, the Pacers were the best defensive team in the league. He was the best defender on the Pacers, and he led the league in blocks right he led the yeah league in blocks? he did he did and, and it's like he wasn't even put in the top 10 yeah I, I i thought you know if you're not going to give him defensive if he doesn't win defensive player of the year if he's not on first team okay but to not put him second team seemed just egregious. it just was it sketch i it really I, I don't know if you saw it or not but um people there was one day where someone tweeted at him about defensive player of the year conversation or something like after everything was said and done they were like why aren't you here and miles turner this is when he just i mean i love miles turner i'm a i am a miles turner truther at this point like i will go to war for that guy (laughs) i just i I, he's the last guy from that last regime of pacers because he was a rookie um near the during the tail end of the paul george era so i really do view him as like he is the most tenured pacer at this point. Um, but when we drafted him, I was stoked that we got him. Uh, and just watching him progress has been really cool. So, anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Uh, he, they asked him about Defensive Player of the Year conversation, and he posted the OG Roy Hibbert clip from the Eastern Conference Finals when Roy Hibbert was like, y'all, don't, y'all fuckers don't watch us play. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was like he gets it yeah he knows why he wasn't there because the that's media just funny. doesn't watch the pacers yeah. that's just the truth <laughs> it's the yeah. sad truth Aww. um but to yeah. go to your point about them co- sabonis and turner complimenting each other um the reason why i'm really excited about it is because i think what the pacers are going to do is on the offensive end they're going to run sabonis as their as their five and let Turner play like a stretch four role kind of like basically like an Al Horford role at this point. Um, and then when they go on defense, they're going to flip Turner is going to play your defensive five 
and Sabonis will play your defensive four. Hope I, I don't know if that'll work, potentially, if Sabonis has the speed to keep up with fours, smaller guys. We're going to see. But I think that would be the move if I'm Nate McMillan going into this season. Like, Turner's our better player. We'll let him roam the paint on defense, and then we'll let Sabonis roam the paint on offense. So Yeah, it, it seems like there's kind of a... Um, we're, we're correcting course and kind of going back to big men a little bit after, like... yeah five or six years of everyone myself included just being like yeah you need five guards on the floor and everyone only needs to be six foot <laughs> well <laughs> no. i think a, you know yeah and i think a lot of it has to do with though bigs now are they're developing to have guard skill sets i mean have you seen clips of like shaq's son play yeah he's 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 a big but, like, Shaq's always been telling people, like, ever since the kid has been growing up, like, no, I taught him how to have, a like, handles, like, I, I don't remember the guy. It was, like, handles, like, so-and-so, a jumper, like, Kobe, jumper, like, T-Mac. You know, it's, like, what the – you were teaching your kid that you knew was going to be huge to do this? Okay. it's it, Yeah. So. Anthony Davis is a perfect example. Where exactly. He yeah. didn't start playing, like, in the front court till like, college. You know what I mean? Or, like, late mm-hmm. high school. He was always a guard. And, and then so he had the growth spurt. Yeah, so he has like all the guard skills, uh, so it's just, yeah. I think that that wave of big men are coming in where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. we can be skilled, and it's not just bully ball. So I need to develop my skills. So yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, I, I think the NBA is just continuously getting better and better and better. Like I just, especially with the talent pool, the only thing that I'm worried about is, um the fact that and my buddy and I were talking about this the other day as far as like player development from a young age if we're burning kids out by starting them playing basketball so early now um which I think is a you could do a whole episode on that but right that's the only thing that scares me at this point is that we're gonna get these really super talented young kids but they're not gonna have the career span so I I hope that all this these this great young talent that's about to be coming into the league over the next I don't know ten years we'll say I hope these guys their bodies aren't worn out by the time they get to the league because I, I I from like I AAU know. circuits and stuff like exactly. that exactly yeah, yeah just from playing basketball like nonstop their entire lives so because that's those are the kids that are starting to come into the league now you know what I mean like we're starting to really see these kids that their parents pushed AAU from like I don't I don't I don't have any idea how AAU works. I don't know when it starts. Yeah. So but that's that's my only worry is that and I know I said it earlier, but gonna, gonna burn guys them getting out. yeah, guys getting worn out. Their bodies not being able to last like a full career span yeah. that you us, usually see from from your stars, I should say. So real quick, yes. over under Vegas has their wins set at 48 and a half. Last year they won 48 games, the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Over or under? Um, it's tough because it really does depend on if Victor Oladipo comes back. When he comes back, I should say. Pick a lane. Pick a lane. Um, uh, <laughs> go, go. I'm going to take, go. The, over. take the, take the over. Take the over like a I'll true fan. Hey, I mean, look at it from the past. They've won 49 games the past two seasons. Like, on the money. 49 i i think they upgraded in most positions they upgraded younger 
I mean, I get. I don't know if you up, probably going 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 younger and upgrade, but I think they upgraded. Okay. And if Victor Oladipo comes back healthy, they've they've got an athletic team. I the one signing uh, the one move we didn't really talk about when we were talking about the lineup. I really like them getting T.J. Warren. I, I am a big fan of that. I thought you were going to say Jeremy Lamb. Who, I like Jeremy Lamb, too. I, who, I like both of those moves. Jeremy Lamb was the second-best player on a bad team, but Charlotte was still fighting for, like, a nine-seed or whatever. Yeah. And Jeremy Lamb was their second-best player. So yeah. um, to just for him to be, like, uh, literally an afterthought. I mean, we talked about a bunch of players, so we didn't talk mm-hmm. about Jeremy Lamb. I mean that's a that's a good addition also. Yeah, I mean plus they got the sneaky uh, signing of Justin Holiday this week. I mean that just to add to the depth, it's yeah. I don't know. There, that's always been the Pacers' Achilles heel. They they can have the greatest starting lineup that meshes and does so well, and their bench just never comes through. So I I think they finally. They're, they're in a good position with their bench. That's why I like the Goga draft it so much, too. I know I said coming off the bench earlier, but that, it, the the bench is what it, it, it's what makes or breaks the Pacers for me. My NBA 2K trade with this team. You ready for this? Okay. You trade Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All you right. Trade to, you trade to the Pelicans. For Drew Holiday. Because <laughs> you want to have the three holidays. The three holidays. Come on. <laughs> Come on. on. And think about the defensive backcourt of Victor Oladipo and Drew Holiday. I, I mean, might I would not, love... The, might not be I, fair. I would I would love the defensive backcourt of Aaron Holiday and Drew Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I actually... The... Um, I, the only reason I was a little sad about us getting Brogdon was the fact that I love Aaron Holiday. And I I was very much about like, let's give this kid the keys to the kingdom. Like on let let him drive the let him drive the boat or I don't, no. I don't even know where I'm going with it. I don't no. know. Let him develop this season. You don't know when Vic's coming back. Screw it. We find out if he can be a starting point guard or not. But then we got uh, Malcolm Brogdon and I was like, it erased all of those bad thoughts in my head. I was like, I'm back. I was like, all right, we've got Malcolm Brogdon. We got the guy that I didn't think we were gonna get, so Oh, I'm, the, uh, I'm the same way. So, Pistons fan, I yeah. uh, I have fully convinced myself, and I I still haven't course corrected, and I haven't like like gone back to reality yet. <laughs> I convinced myself, yeah, the Pistons should trade for Russell Westbrook for sure. We definitely need to trade for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> He's good. He's a good player. We should trade for him. That's a good contract. Bring it and, in. Who cares? Forty-seven million at thirty-four. Let's do uh, it, baby. Sign me up. Whatever. Um, and I've. I bought in so much that I haven't, um, I haven't bought out yet. So, that's fair. Yeah, that, you, you're just yeah. Listen, you know what? When it's you banding. finally w- listen, when you see Russell Westbrook and James Harden and the disaster piece that that is going to be on the court this season, that I think it's going to be, you're going to think to yourself, "God, I'm so glad we didn't buy in on that." Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm, I'm looking at. I saw uh, Greg Monroe like go overseas and i'm like wow we almost picked greg monroe over drummond i remember <laughs> that was like that was the take for pistons yeah. fans like back in the day because it was like well greg monroe could play the four or the five drummond can all, only play the five so let's keep greg monroe and let's get rid of drummond you know i uh, <laughs> i think i said this the uh, the other night when we were playing overwatch i literally forget that andre drummond is l- 
literally my age. He's 25. He's yeah. been on the Pistons for so long that I feel like he's pushing 30, but he's still, like, he hasn't even hit his prime years yet. And yeah. that's insane to me. Right. Because I think I think of Andre Drummond, and I, I think of the battles that him and Roy Hibbert used to have. Because that was, like, at the beginning of Drummond's career. And I'm like, what? Oh, my God, this dude still has a ton of basketball left to play. Yeah, I, I'm still in on him. What do you – what's, like, the max that you would give a center like that? Because he's a free agent next year, and he's going to be one of the bigger names in free agency. Um, um, let, me, much, let me – I want to pull up his contract real quick to look at it. Uh, he's making 27 right now. I – foof. And he still really hasn't developed a jump shot, has he? No. Last I checked. No. Like, but the what, talent you know is I mean? there. That's the that's the thing that I feel like a team is going to – I could see them. Because like, he's on – yeah, he's at the end of a five-year – or what was it? Five-year, $130 million? That's what it is? Yeah. Or something like that? Okay. And he averages 17 and 16. And he, he I only, mean – He's only missed – Yeah, but – how about how about this? In one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, he's missed. Um, he's missed like ten games. Yeah, the dude stays healthy. He is he is definitely. I was gonna say those numbers, like the way he gets his buckets, is very similar to peak Dwight Howard. He just bangs, man. And but the difference is Drummond stays healthy, and Howard, I mean. I don't think we have to get into what I don't have to think I have to say anything about Dwight Howard to talk about his health. Um, <laughs> so if you're, I mean, if you're a GM, you could look at it from that standpoint of like, this guy's still an effective scorer without having what we think a modern big needs to have now. Do you buy in because he's about to hit his prime? Do you give him like a two year with like a player, op- like basically a two year with a player option going into second or a team op? I mean. You basically, all right, we'll we'll bet on you for this season, and then if it if it shows that you're about to just annihilate the league over the course of your prime, sign us up. Like, do you do like the rental year on him? Yeah, I just I don't think the free agency class next year is good enough to to not max him out. Yeah, to, I, know, I mean, I him to like, see. I think for him to not call his speculating, shot. speculating with him. Yeah, he's he's gonna probably end up getting a max. That, I, I just the I don't other think guys any he's going it. against are like Mike Conley, who's on his last contract. Demar Derozan, mm-hmm. I would assume, I would assume last contract. Serge Ibaka, maybe last contract. Like like players like that. Gordon Hayward. He's um, he, he's gonna he be the player. youngest player. Probably yeah. Right. He's probably gonna be the youngest big name free agent. So, I mean, yeah. I think that almost guarantees you the the max at that point, just because of yeah. the fact that he's gonna be he's gonna be entering his prime because he's gonna be twenty six at the end of this season, so he'll be turning twenty seven next season, or yeah, next season. So I I think yeah you, you're gonna have to give him a max. There there he's gonna demand a max. There's no way he doesn't. All right, here it is. Okay, in in my All opinion, right. the best players, Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, player option, he's staying. I, yeah, I think obviously. He's staying. Draymond Green, do you think he's staying? I don't know. I could I could see Draymond testing for agency. Okay. It so, wouldn't shock me. So so Draymond Green, 
Siakam's restricted. He'll stay. Jalen Brown's restricted. I'm assuming he stays. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan has a player option. I'm assuming he takes the $28 million. That's a guess. Yeah, oh, he, no, he has to. And then, I'd be, I, my then, jaw would be – I'm currently in my – in my room on the second floor of my house, my jaw would be all the way on the bottom <laughs> of the first floor if he doesn't take that money. Yeah, who's gonna the, who's gonna give him more money than than that if he if he opts out? You know what I mean? The Pistons. Go back to Dwayne Casey. <laughs> but then you uh, then you have like Drummond. So like Drummond. So for players that are available, it's Drummond and Draymond Green. I, I mean, you know, that's it. There's going to be teams that have money, and it's going to be like, well, Andre Drummond's good. Let's. So, anyways, I, I, I think, I think I, he's yeah, going to be a huge he's, contract. He's good, and he's still young. He's like I said, he's got a lot of basketball left to play, and I, it, we've seen crazier things in the NBA happen where guys develop skills you never thought they would have later in their careers. I mean, yeah, it's it's not out of the ordinary for guys who have long careers to develop what they need to, to stay in the league. Um, I, know, I know he thinks he's better than Vooch and Vooch got a four year, hundred million dollar contract. I still can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I, it's a good, it's a good contract cause it's declining. Like yeah. the last, the last two years it's 24 million and 22 million. Yeah. Um, that's not horrible. So I, I, I just can't believe that. I, I don't understand what the magic are doing. <laughs> like yeah. I, I just I'm I I'm not following their their train of thought as to why they think okay we were the eighth seed let's just run it back and bring in Alpha they brought in Amina right yeah if I'm remembering yeah yep what what does that do <laughs> like oh he's a good locker room presence congrats yeah, I, think, I think now they have like a pretty good front court slash wing lineup. I just mm-hmm. still don't like any of their guards. And no. I, I think that you're going to need to trade someone. Uh, I mean, I think you're going to go Props to DJ Augustine. He served the Pacers well and some in off the bench. Not mega well, but he served here. So props to him for being a former Pacer. But come on. Him and Michael Carter Williams. MCW's gone now, right? Yeah, I've, they have, Evan, have Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross as their two yeah. guards. And okay. then really, it's DJ Augustine and Markel Fultz. But Fultz, yeah. I mean, Fultz is making like ten million this year, and if he doesn't pick it up, if he know, doesn't, if he if he finally doesn't get over the yips, man, like they're just gonna say you're not worth it anymore. Because mm-hmm. if you're a rookie and you're making like four million, okay, we can we can wait a little while. But if you're making ten million, that's real money, and we're not gonna sit around. Yeah, I I th- I guess. I think there's a trade to be made out there with with Mo Bamba. You could do Mo Bamba and Markel Fultz and get a good guard back in return. Yeah, just hit up Phoenix. They'll give you free money. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) What if you take TJ Warren and a first-round pick? And you're like, okay, cool. What do you want? And they're like, oh, nothing. We're good. Yeah. Oh, first-round pick and some cash. Like, don't forget that part. They they gave the Pacers money. (laughs) It was TJ Warren, two second round picks in cash. Like, <laughs> Kevin Pritchard called the Suns and was like, hey, what what do I got to do for TJ Warren? We we like TJ Warren. They're like, oh, uh, we got this extra draft picks and cash sitting around. If you could take that off our hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, did they throw it up? 
to the goats? Were they were they just like goats? What do you guys think? Nibble this grass if you think we need to make a good deal. Nibble this way bigger patch of grass if you think we should make absolutely mind-blowingly bad deal. (laughs) Oh my lord! But but yeah, I I could see. It's actually crazy. Um, Mo, you bring up Obamba because I was just sifting through Instagram the other day. This has nothing to do with the trade, but Miles Turner was in a wedding for a dude from some guy that he went to Texas with. I would imagine was on the manager staff, and Mo Bamba was at the wedding. And I just saw a clip of Miles Turner showing the wedding, playing Mo Bamba with Mo Bamba in the middle of it. Oh, and I was shit. like, I was like, this is the off-season content I need in my Man. life. Wow. <laughs> That is high. Yeah, high. I was like, hell yeah! I was like, let's go. Give me, give me more. Give me you more. Love, give me the whole play. Right. Oh, oh, for sure. But maybe one of the do you best... think? Do you think they move on from? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Real quickly, maybe one of the best references to a basketball player in a uh, in a hip hop song in a while. I mean, it's definitely definitely the best since what? It's, Probably it's a bop. since John Wall has the song. <laughs> yeah. If pro- I mean, if we're just ranking them, it's what probably. You know what? The three top ones. Here we go. So we got Mo Bamba, and we got John Wall, and then early 2000s heater, How I Beat Shaq by Aaron Carter. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Whoa! <laughs> I, I don't know if we were friends yet when I when I did this deep dive. No, I don't think we were because it was at the beginning of last basketball season. Um, I was just curious. I was like, all right, when did he release that song? And when did Shaq's numbers actually start declining? And theoretically, Shaq won MVP the 99-2000 season. Aaron Carter put that song out before the 2000-2001 season. Shaq's numbers were never as good again after that song came out. How how Aaron Carter ruined Shaq's Shaq. career? I, he Coming up next the after commercial. <laughs> <laughs> On the latest ESPN 30 for 30, right. what if I told you <laughs> that, a teen, that a teen pop bop totally affected the career trajectory of the NBA's most dominant big man? <laughs> All right, where, where do I sign up? Where, Disney, where are you at? Hit me I'd up. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Um, it'd, be, it'd, be a, with, it'd be a short, but we got it. <laughs> with, uh, with the magic... Jonathan Isaac is my is my prediction for most improved player this year. I like Jonathan Isaac. I do too. I like that guy a lot. He's I do just too, man. I, like when I was watching that that Raptors Magic season, I, I, by no means did I watch a lot of Magic last season because I mean, I don't know. I just didn't feel like putting oh, myself through that. No one's holding. Um, against, no one's holding yeah, that against you. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Magic fans. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I, I like the way that dude just gets around a basketball court. If that makes sense, he's just he he makes very good plays, and I love it. Yeah, I'm too. not gonna I, I can't get specific. I'm not gonna try and stat stuff you with him because I'm not a Jonathan guy. I'm not as big as you are probably, but just I don't know. That's that's the piece I think that they can look towards. I'm not saying he's their savior, but he's a piece that they gotta make sure they do the right thing to. Yeah, it he's feels just, like Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Vucevic. Those three guys are going to be part of their group, for like the, next the cornerstone, three years or whatever. Yeah, uh, so. like he's just 
Yeah, you got you to stick with him. Plus, I mean, Florida State guy, got to represent, got to put on for the home state. <laughs> Florida State, <laughs> Even though he's from Orlando. New York. Yeah. Well, no, they're in Tallahassee, but, you know. No, no, I, I'm a Florida guy State fan. Playing, I'm a playing Florida State in Orlando. Fan. Yeah, Florida State that's guy playing in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gotta so, support, gotta support the Knowles, baby. <laughs> are you a Knowles fan? I am actually. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, I'm. I not like as big on the Knowles basketball team because I just I'm definitely one of those guys where I watch the NBA so much that if I watch a college basketball game, it it just makes like. The hairs on the back of my neck stand up, because at some point I'm just like, "What are you doing? What is, what is? I don't know. The quality of play difference. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I, here in Indiana, you have all these people that are big on like, it's way better team basketball. The pros are just selfish. And I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Have you watched like <laughs> the Golden State Warriors or San Antonio Spurs play basketball? Like where it's like, all right, everyone must touch the ball four times before any shot attempt goes up. <laughs> yeah, everybody's watched Hoosiers so many times that they just think that that's how basketball has to be played for the rest of forever. Oh God, I went to uh, I went to a Pacers game once and I went on Hickory night. <laughs> and yes, no, it was the worst fucking thing ever, ever. Oh. Dude, it was how, what is what does that say about Indiana to where our like culture uh, the culture jersey that we do is a movie and that town doesn't even exist in Indiana. I'll do you like, one. Hickory's fake. I'll do you one better. How about this? Okay. Detroit back in um back in gosh, 2012, 2013, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um Detroit was like Man, we should build a RoboCop statue. And the mayor of Detroit was like, you know what? I'm down. If you guys crowdfund it, we'll we'll build a RoboCop statue. And the motherfuckers crowdsourced it. And it got paid for. I'm like, do you guys know have you guys seen RoboCop? He's there because Detroit sucks. Why are we building a statue of Detroit sucking? Well <laughs> at least they're aware. Oh man. So God. There's just a RoboCop statue there by the train station in Detroit now. So what we've pretty much determined is that Indianapolis and Detroit we're not as different as what people might think. Just don't get we, it. We just don't we, get we, it. we just no. <laughs> uh, Have you visited the RoboCop statue though? Yeah, it's right next to Slows, which is like the best restaurant in Detroit. It's okay. a it's a barbecue place, and they have uh, they have a lot of like vegan and vegetarian options. So. I'm, I'm but veggie. You, so. I'm there, baby. Let's go. You, you had me at veggie. Love it, dude. I'm moving back <laughs> to I'm moving back to Louisville in a couple weeks. Yo, and Morels pour one out for Morels. Pour one out, man. For anybody who doesn't know what Morels is, it is quite possibly the best vegan restaurant on on planet Midwest. Earth in the Midwest. Yeah, definitely the Midwest. I I would I I've definitely a. Uh, I'm gonna try and make a trip down to Louisville within the next couple of weeks to get a Farby's. Yeah, because I had one. I, I went down there maybe two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. uh, that's where I ate. It's Gotta it's the only place to eat there. Yeah, there's no other restaurants in Louisville. Oh man, it's it's just Morels. <laughs> yeah, very, very sad day. That was like the worst news to ever wake up to. Oh yeah, my wife didn't believe me when I told her. She's like, no, <sighs> no, shut up. I was like, all right. <laughs> she she's probably like, cancel the move. Right. We can't we're go not, anymore. We're not moving anymore. Let's can't, go. Cancel the new job. You're done. All right. <laughs> we're 
We're going. Just move to Indianapolis. We got the sinking ship. We got 10th Street Diner. I'm not moving to Indianapolis. That's never happening. But you can hang out with me all the time. Well, move to move somewhere else. Louisville is a basketball city, and I'm sure we'll do an episode of this when I get down there. Um, But Louisville needs a Louisville needs a professional team. I did just get word today. um, So Tim Tim Daniel that um, is on our network on pretty much every show. he covers Xavier and he covers NKU. Um, mm-hmm. So he's credentialed there. So he goes to like all the games, all the practices, and he covers the beat there. And he just messaged the um, athletic director at UofL. And uh, they said that they were going to get me and him in on some of the games. So That's sick. Yeah, I'm going to cover, I, cover a little, little bit of a little. Bit of Louisville. A little college ball. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. I, I think Louisville is a great sports city. Like anytime I've been down there, I was, it's actually funny. I, I was talking to Trey about this, um, when I was there, uh, cause I flew out with him when we went down to Dallas for Overwatch League. And, um, I was saying like Louisville and Indianapolis are super similar though, and that they're honestly just really good minor league sports cities. I know Indianapolis has the Colts and the Pacers, but, like, we're never going to get an NHL team. We're never going to get an MLB team. Um, I know the Indy 11 are pushing for, you know, further pro stuff. Um, but it's just with the fact that in Louisville, it's the same thing. We're just – we're located in the middle of the way bigger markets. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to convince a sports – you know, a sports league. Like, hey, what if – you know how you have all these teams here, 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 and here? What if you put another in the middle of it all? So – I I also I think the issue with if Louisville got a pro team. I mean the Yum Center is a great arena, but U of L would always have scheduling preference. And that would probably just be a nightmare. Yeah, my thing is when you look at all the players in the league, mm-hmm. if you could get one UK player and one U of L player on the team <laughs> It would sell you just want to bridge the gap. You just no, want to really bridge would. the gap. But it really would. Look at like, look at like the. I mean, yeah, you like have Oklahoma example. City or something like that, where it's like they have Hamadou Diallo, they have, and Shea. You know, what I mean, people are coming out to that. Or De'Aaron. Yeah. And every night, it's like, oh, I want to see De'Aaron Fox. I want to see um, Jamal Murray tonight. I want to see Anthony Davis. I want to see um, Donovan Mitchell. I just think that there's a lot of, you know, Eric. Oh, Plesso. I definitely. There's there's huge benefit. I mean, you're talking to a dude who roots for a team whose star player played at Indiana University. Like that's right. Because when we made the when when the Pacers traded for Oladipo, I was so mad because I was just like, oh my god, they just did this so they can make sure they still have people in the seats. I think he just turned out to be a, a a god, and I was like, thanks for proving me wrong, profusely. <laughs> but it it definitely it in those markets where college sports actually rule like over the over pro sports if you can get one of those college even the regional college stars you get the people to roll out for them i mean it's yeah. still true like if you go to a pacers game when like gordon hayward comes through it's like the c is like half butler jerseys it's it's insane so uh, i can see the benefit of it i just i don't think the i i've been pretty pretty dead set that if the league expands at this point it's going to be las vegas and seattle and then they're going to relocate new orleans 
and either Memphis or Minnesota to the east okay. to clear up the spots. All right. So, I don't know. We'll see, though. I, I hope the league. I just want. I want to see the league expand still. Yeah, I think a thirty-two a, a thirty-two team NBA would be very nice. It, it needs to happen. Yeah, we just need the Supersonics back. Honestly, like, we do. We were uh, we're still planning on doing an episode about the Supersonics. So, oh hell yeah, yeah. I, I miss I miss Seattle having a basketball team. It's yeah, Ben. Who uh, I hope Ben doesn't mind me mind me uh, shouting this out right here. But Ben's cousin is Sean Alexander, who used to play for the Seahawks. Um, oh my God! That's like his first cousin. So like, they're like <laughs> they're like still best friends. Um, that's so sick. But yeah, we want to we want to talk to him about you know what it's like in Seattle and what it's like as a sports town and if they could do a basketball team again. So, oh, I don't even think it's an if. I know they, they could. could. Yeah, yeah, they one hundred percent could. I mean, the league is also just not as good. It, without the Portland Seattle rivalry. Like that that was such a cornerstone rivalry. It, like for the what is it? What's that interstate up there? Um I I can't think of yeah. it, but it's it's huge. You I don't know. I it blows my mind that it's still it that's the Sonics are not back already. Yeah. But so we'll so speaking of uh if they could do a basketball team Mm-hmm. I know you. I know you didn't see the Mellow first take thing. Um, yes, but Mellow came out. He said, "I'll play whatever role." Um, he just wants to play again, and mm-hmm. it was pretty emotional. I I was so I don't know if this is like a bad take or whatever. I the Jeremy Lin thing didn't really affect me one way or the other. I didn't really. I didn't feel bad. I I I don't know if I should have. I didn't feel bad. I I the Jeremy Lin thing. I, you feel for him just from a human standpoint. Sure, sure. Do I want, I want every human to be able to do whatever they want to do for as long as forever. And I definitely, I like, I am all about like not being afraid to like show your emotion. Because that's a big thing. Because like that's his life. But it's hard. I I think it's hard for like someone who follows the league to be like, well, I understand why a team wouldn't want to sign you. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where the, it's it's hard to feel fully bad, I guess, because you're just like, hey man, like, I, your NBA career could be over, but there are other options, which I know that's easy for you and I to say because we're not NBA players and never have been. So I yeah, don't... yeah, I just think like he played he played what one game in the finals for like just mm-hmm. a few minutes, but he's he's about to be thirty one in like a week. He's about to be thirty one. And he's made sixty million dollars, and he has—he went to Harvard. He's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be good. Like, I mean, hell, I Darren know. Collison just retired at thirty to go I be just, a Jehovah's Witness. I feel like his—I feel like Jeremy Lin is gonna be remembered better than he was. I'm just being honest. I think that Lin sanity was a catchy phrase, and that that will kind of take him further than I think his actual skills. It was—it was a magical two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, and that's awesome. He has Lin Sanity forever, and that's cool. Yeah. But I don't feel bad that he can't play professional basketball forever, but everyone else did in the world. Now, we get to Mello. How come it's different for Mello? Why do people not feel I, bad for Mello? I think the reason people don't feel bad for Mello, a lot of it has to do with the fact that 
you know, looking back, we're always going to remember he chose taking the money to stay in New York and didn't really set that team up to succeed. So you know what I mean? He addresses this. Oh, he does. Okay. Steven, See, I, I I will admit no, I have no, not I, watched it yet. No, perfect. Because I'm sure, I just missed it. I was working today. I'm sure. So. I know you just got off work and we yeah. and we called up. Uh, yeah. I'm sure a, a bunch of people haven't listened to it yet. So this is mm-hmm. this is a great question to bring up. Um, and Stephen A. Smith says a lot of people feel like he chose the money, and he's like, well, that one year I was supposed to go to Chicago. I was supposed to go to Chicago and honestly the last team I talked to were the Knicks but I was supposed to go to Chicago and it was Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah and they said bro don't sign here because not everyone is staying and he's like okay well when they tell me that well now I can't go to the team that was best suited to win the chip but it just looks like I'm chasing money and I was like oh well that's it's pretty good and then and then he talks about how he regrets not going to Miami. It was supposed to be him instead of Bosch, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I went and I compared to that 2009 season with him and Bosch, and his stats were better. I mean, Bosch, Bosch was a little bit more of a well-rounded guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that Bosch's impact on like a bigger scale, I think Bosch really was the first guy that kind of said, you know, a player like Bosch can just be your center and you don't need like this huge hulking guy and it can kind of just be yeah someone that can stand out and shoot threes and defend and stuff like that so uh, Man, really, I will, uh, he was one of the yeah. first yeah honestly like just in a quick aside on this like at the time like i obviously hated those heat teams because like i was rooting for the pacers so they're just your right like they were they were our rivals at that point and looking back now i've really like grown to appreciate just how much the Heatles really did for the NBA. Oh, yeah. It's like such a revolutionary thing. But anyway, back to back to this thing. No, I mean that. Uh, I mean that that is going to be in the in the annals of basketball. That will be a big chapter. Yeah, it's, it, I, and, and in yeah. my opinion, that was that was my the most fun team to watch that I've ever seen. Oh, for sure, the personalities on that team. Yeah, just most Incredible. fun. Like it was just yeah. all alley oops, and they pushed the pace so much, and it was very, very enjoyable to watch. I mean, it was just it was three dudes that were really good friends with one another that were just finally like, we're gonna go play together. Yeah, we're gonna go have fun with our friends. But, Fuck all y'all. But imagine Mello on that team. That'd be oh, cool. That would have it, it's it's a very cool hypothetical. Yeah, like it, him. That's gonna be a what if for a long time. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how that would work though. Yeah, they. I mean, they would have had to change their supporting cast. Mm-hmm. So. It's. But, I mean, do you see, I mean, fuck. That's so interesting <laughs> to think about. Yeah. But that would have I been like, the, that would have been the modern day, like, Paul George and Kawhi or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, like I don't know. It's, oh, that's so sick to think about. So, that makes sense. I then why do we not feel as good? Is it because just like <laughs> everybody's? A good, it's a good question, right? I, like, like I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of all the reasons why you could not, or why people don't want to feel bad for him. Maybe just because the fact that like he stayed true to being an ISO scorer, and so people just say that, which is so weird to think about because 
honestly, like, it's what James Harden is. He just distributes better, if that makes sense. Since he has the assist numbers, people overlook the fact that James Harden is an ISO scorer. Yeah. But since Carmelo doesn't pass, like, he's just known as, I'm going to dwindle the shot clock down and shoot. People just hate him for it. Yeah, but I, I just feel like there's a, a place in the NBA for that. I don't know. I feel like there's still... Uh... It's crazy how in this, like, five-minute time, you've now made me feel sympathy for Carmelo Anthony, and I'm like, man, we got to get him on a team, dude. You should. Okay, so, so take a chance. So, <laughs> the next question. Not the Pacers, but someone you, take a chance. Do you, think, do you think out of 30 teams, 15-player rosters, do you think he's should be on a team? I think he should. On yeah, let him give him give him one last shot, like let him because I I did I, the one thing I did see was that he did come out and was like I never said that I wanted to do a farewell tour, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Let the dude just see what he can give you. Like, let him. If I'm a contender, like, and I'm if I feel like I'm missing that one piece and if if he's now finally at the point where he's like willing to come off the bench like think about how good that okc team could have been if he just would have come off the bench yeah. that first year he was there like yeah and that was if he's willing to do that for you yo that was yeah, tw- remember that was 2017 where we thought this is the next big three. Oh yeah oh yeah i i mean that's crazy i was mad because i was like i was like god Howdy Paul George is going <laughs> to get his wish. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. I have – I lit, my lock screen is still – I've got Damian Lillard hitting that shot over Paul George. Oh, my gosh. You're so petty. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Damian Lillard is my favorite player in the league that's not on the Pacers. Okay. I've, I've been a huge Damian Lillard fan since he came into the league. My, I remember my buddy and I um, going into that draft – we were just like looking through all the dudes coming up, and we we're like, "Is this guy out of Weber State?" And then we watched his like off-season pre-draft workout videos that he was post, like his vlogs he was posting on his YouTube channel. We were like, "Oh, sign me up for this Damian Lillard guy." And then he got drafted by Portland, and that's you know, like so you have like I don't know if you're like this. I like you have your you root for the Pistons, but then you have like a favorite team in the Western Conference oh, since yeah. you don't see them as much. The, the Trailblazers have been my Western Conference team, okay, for forever. So it was just like a match made in heaven. Nice. You you love to see it. Yeah. You do. But also, I am petty, and that is another reason why I keep it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who, who but should... it ended a franchise. It ended a franchise. It did. It or, did. Or, well, it's crazy. Yeah. It hit the reset, it, it, it hit the reset yeah. button on a franchise. It literally made them rage quit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it literally made Sam Presti go, we're taking it out. We're we're literally blowing the cartridge and we're putting it back in. I, lo- I love that. That he just that he threw his controller across the room. It was just like, yeah. well, I quit, so it doesn't matter. So. But then he was like, "Give me all your draft picks." <laughs> That's it. Uh, Insane. So, if you were to put in order, who should be on an NBA roster? Jeremy Lin, Carmelo Anthony, or Lance Stevenson? I I think you would do Melo, Lance, Jeremy Lin. I do too. Well, yeah. You think you think Melo above Lance? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think Melo above Lance. I, I the Melo thing is more or less like you know what you're getting with both Melo and Lance. And if I'm needing a guy to come off the bench, and 
if I know he can consistently get it done, I'm going to lean towards Melo because Lance is still so erratic. <laughs> he, he is. That's why you love Lance, but it's also why you hate Lance. Wild card. Yeah. Wild card, baby. <laughs> He's really the wild God. card. <laughs> God, that was – man, that season – I know we talked about me doing the GT zone – that season, that first year I did it, when he was leading the league in triple doubles, which is so weird to think. Like, you look back, it's like Lance Stevenson led, going into the All-Star break that year, leading the league in triple doubles with six. And then like now it's like leads the league in triple doubles with 35. Yeah. Totally <laughs> what right. a time. Yeah. But Jordan actually, that was such a fun. Jordan wrote oh. an article uh, on our website. We reference it all the time. He wrote an article called The Triple Double Paradox, and it talks about Russell Westbrook's triple double. But then also the triple-double in general and kind of what it means or what it should mean and kind of how we'll remember the triple-double in history. So yeah. it was it was really cool kind of how he dove into it. But it is it's changing so much. Where yeah. like Ben Simmons could lead the league in triple-doubles next year, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy how Ben Simmons might lead the league in triple-doubles, but the Sixers will still score only like 90 points a game. Yeah, that is. So bet... <laughs> If I were a betting man, right? This isn't my yeah. favorite. This isn't my favorite to win, but if I were betting on who is winning the title, I would actually place money on the Sixers. And here's why. See, I'm uh, here's, yeah. Tell me why. Because uh, who's your top two in the East? My top two in the East, uh, uh, Milwaukee. Okay. And then I think it's a dogfight. I literally couldn't tell you who I'm taking at number two. It could really? be the Sixers. It could be this. It could be the Celtics. It could be the Pacers. Wait, wait. That's, you that's think the Celtics? From... You think the Celtics roster is that close to the Sixers roster? I'm not saying that close. I'm saying in just the sense of if we're just talking regular season, I I could see it being a dogfight and the Celtics getting the two seed. Crazier things have happened in the NBA. All right. What's what's your not, what's your Eastern Conference Finals prediction? <laughs> Jesus Christ, um, you're you're killing me with this one. Um, I I'm gonna I mean Milwaukee. I think Giannis okay. goes on a just vengeance run next season. Okay. Um, and I'm just gonna come out and say it, man. The Pacers stay healthy. Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals. You're, I that's not crazy. even me being bullet. You're crazy. No. Yes. Ha, who? Okay. Tell me, tell me why the Pacers, if staying healthy, can't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Their top tier talent's not good enough. Oh, let's okay. let's go through the let's go through the the finals, right? The Western and Eastern Conference Finals the last okay. couple of years. Toronto, like, and their top tier guys, all of them had a yeah. top guy in the NBA. All of them. I mean, like Damian Lillard might be one of the worst players to play in a conference finals. Yeah, that's fair. Like Damian Lillard, no offense, Damian Lillard's significantly better than anyone on the Pacers. You need a top end guy. I don't know, man. The year before this feels, that, I, I'm, it, it, I'm thinking you're under. I, I don't know. I think Oladipo, especially with the way they've built this roster, and I know I'm saying it's a big if if they're healthy. I'm I'm not gonna shy away from that, but. I'm telling you, I think this roster. I'm not saying they're gonna be able to beat any of those teams out west. It's it's the same reason why when I look back on the old Pacers, I'm like, hell, even if we beat the Heat, we would have lost to the Spurs in the finals. Like, fuck, I, I don't know. I I think 
in in the state of the Eastern Conference, you can make a case for Philadelphia. That's fine. I I don't like the Sixers. I just I personally, unless magically Ben Simmons finally develops that jumper and Joel Embiid can play, of you know can stay healthy, then like yeah, sign me up, dude. But I I don't trust that Sixers roster. I really don't. That's that's just my my opinion on that, and that's why I mean I like adding Kimba to that Celtics locker room. I I like the stability that they can bring. It feels overrated to me. That's I, I, that's totally fair too. The because I think just because Kem- okay. So on the court, Kemba. Yeah. In my opinion, Kemba is like noticeably worse than um than Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah. If Kyrie's uh, a nine out of ten, Kemba's an eight out of ten. Okay. I don't. Think- that's. Go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say like I mean, I feel like nine out of ten and eight out of ten. It is a significant drop, but you're saying he's like basically just barely below him. Would you maybe say he's more of like a seven out of ten compared to a nine out of ten? For the, just for the gap's sake. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's like ten percent worse. Okay. Ten percent. Okay, worse. that makes that okay. Yeah. Um. Because especially, I mean, with the two K ratings coming out, if if Kyrie was a ninety, I would think that Kemba's probably better than an eighty. So. Um, okay. Anyways, that that makes more sense to but me. I, yeah, I was like really like oh, yeah. I'm trying to picture it. <laughs> but yeah, thank you 2K for helping us rate players. Oh, God. Um, thank you 2K. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Um, but I I just don't think that that locker room is gonna be. I don't know, ten percent increase on the guy. I don't know. I just like I know he's not a negative in the locker room, but I've never heard anything that like Kemba's great in the locker room. I've never heard anything bad ever, 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 mm-hmm. ever that he's bad. Yeah, but I've just never heard like, wow, Kemba in the locker room is fantastic. Like I've heard it about Al Horford, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is certain guys you hear that are great in the locker room. You hear it about Richard Jefferson, and you hear it about Vince Carter, and you know what I mean. There, there's guys you hear are locker room guys. Yeah, but I've never heard that about Kemba. What, wouldn't you say though that hearing nothing is still an upgrade over what you've heard about Kyrie in the Abs- locker room? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it's an upgrade, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm just saying I don't think it's a 10 percent upgrade. So I don't, I don't think it's a wash. I, I still think that that they got worse. I think their chemistry is better, but it's not enough to overstate how much they got worse in that department. I think, I, I think to go back, you you just said a phrase that kind of re made the light bulb go off in my head why I'm like actually confident about the Pacers in the Easter Conference Finals because I do think I think the Sixers roster got worse I think the Celtics roster got worse and I think the Pacers roster got better and I know you're you're saying elite tier talent is what makes the Eastern Conference Finals but I think with how wide open the East is I think that's my case for why I think the Pacers have a legitimate shot if they're healthy, their lineup has gotten better while these teams that were ahead of them got worse. I mean, Toronto's lineup, we can definitely say got worse. Yeah. I mean, who who in the Eastern Conference let, let me ask you this, who in the Eastern Conference whose roster got better enough to where you could say, All right, I could see them winning a seven game series? Like I obviously can see Milwaukee Brooklyn. winning a seven game series. If are you seeing that K D comes back this season? 
Um, there is a shot he can come back for the playoffs, even if he doesn't. That team improved okay. a lot. Yeah. Adding adding DeAndre Jordan is an improvement over Ed Davis. Say what you want. No, I agree with that. Uh, I definitely agree with they that. They added Torian Prince. That's an improvement over... I forgot about that move. That was so sneaky. Over Ronda Hollis-Jefferson. That That's great. That was the move that was the move that made that made me go, "Oh my god, they might actually be going for KD and Kyrie." Yeah. So I think that they've Yeah, I think that they've improved. They get they get Karis LeVert back for another whole season. Um, Love Karis LeVert. God, I was so gutted when that injury happened last season. I was so glad that he was able to come back from it. Yeah. So, I think the Nets I I don't know. I just don't believe that they got Garrett if they're going Temple. in too. I just feel like if they're going into the playoffs though with just Kyrie, I guess the I guess the the East is it's the East is such a big hypothetical. The, the whole league is right now. This is why I'm so excited for this season because there's if, so much like okay. If, how about, if, how about if, this? When when okay. Karis Silvert Karis Silvert's a restricted free agent next year, mm-hmm. how much money do you think he gets? I, I'm admittedly I'm bad with predicting contracts. Same uh, yeah. same as Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's probably as talented as Malcolm Brogdon, if not more. I can see him getting Malcolm Brogdon money. Right. I it's like I'm just I'm I like I just said I'm admittedly I couldn't. Yeah. I just this was the first free agent year where I was actually like, oh, I kind of understand salary cap now. Like this was the year where I finally really started understanding the numbers side of things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hopefully, if we do, if we do something like this next year, I'll be able to be like, oh yeah, man, here's the here's the contract I got for him. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I can see like Karis Levert getting Malcolm Brogdon money would not shock me. Yeah, but I think it also depends again if if he's able to stay healthy. Do you think he gets that type of money if he gets hurt again this year? Um, no, probably not. Yeah, there's probably some discount, like uh, like how Steph yeah. Curry took a discount because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but assuming health, I would, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like grabbing my torch and pitchfork if Karis Levert got the same amount of money as Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, it, I don't. I think it'd be really reasonable. Yeah. Would the Nets be able to do it? Yeah. I don't. I don't know what they. Yeah, he's a restricted free agent, so you can. Sign, oh, that's right. You can sign him into your cap and just go over then. Okay. That this, it's bird rights, right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, um. Yeah. So I, to me, I think that. Anyways, getting back to my to my master plan. Yeah. I think your that, master plan. I think the Phillies a top two team in the East. I think that, in my opinion. The way, the way I view them, I think yeah. that they're close to a lock to to make the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think that they'll have a basically a fifty fifty shot to beat Milwaukee, and I I really like the way they match up against Milwaukee actually. Yeah, and I I you know I I can agree to the matchup with Milwaukee if if it's Milwaukee and Philly in the Eastern Conference Finals. If that does happen, they have, I I like that matchup for Philadelphia. They have two Giannis. Stoppers. I liked it this season too. Yeah, they have both. They have two Giannis stoppers, and and Ben Simmons is the third Giannis stopper. I know Ben Giannis likes to to punish Ben Simmons and kind of embarrass him on TV mm-hmm. and stuff. But Ben Simmons is physically <laughs> equipped to to defend Giannis at least. I I want to love Ben Simmons. I really do. It's just then just do it. I can't do it, man. I need to see the jumper. I need to see it develop. I, I gotta see. I gotta see something that makes me go. All right, you really are gonna be this generational talent that everyone promised. Yeah. I don't. It's it's hard. 
it's hard. I think it's of... funny too because I can already I can already picture this now. One of a really good friend of mine is I've got a couple good friends that are Philly fans, and every time I I'm I think I'm just an ardent Philly hater at this point. Anytime I bring up counterpoints about Philly teams, they're just like, "Why do you just love to hate me?" And I can already I can already hear it now if they listen to this. Yeah. They're like, Joe, why do you just love to hate on us? I think of Ben Simmons as more of like a – I don't think of him as a point guard. I think of him as like Draymond Green with the ball. Um, okay. And that really helps me cope with the whole thing and, and understand it more. I, I, I've i said this a million times on the podcast, but Draymond Green, the last like four years, led that team in assists per game. Like yeah, but – Draymond I, Green is a facilitator. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, – I could get on board with that comparison – but the thing is, even though Draymond is the one on the Warriors you want taking the threes, he's can he's still not afraid to shoot them. Yeah. It, so if Ben Simmons took threes, do you think he'd have a similar three point percentage to Draymond Green last year? I wouldn't say last year, but I think if I think the dude just has to start taking them in games. You know, I think it's literally one of those things where it's like if he just starts doing it, maybe we just finally accept that okay, it's never going to be superb. But it's not going to develop if he just continues, sh- you know, you keep getting those empty gym shots. A lot of people can do a lot. I can do a lot. I can do a ton in an empty gym. Yeah, but we we give Russell Westbrook a bad rep because he does shoot threes and he's bad at it. And people are like, just stop shooting threes. You're bad at it. And then when Ben Simmons... Oh, is- I wish I remember the number. Because, um, what was it? I think it was Danny Chow and Justin Verrier from The Ringer. They did that Summer Fits episode on the Harden-Westbrook trade, and they made – I highly recommend if anybody hasn't watched it that's listening to go watch it because they do make really good points that counter my theory that it's going to be a disaster piece because um, they, they talk about why they think it's really going to work. And something about it was like Russ's threes, they can see his percentage going up because he's not going to take as many. They're thinking he's not going to take as many. Yeah since he's not going to have the ball as much, which is going to make people respect his three-point shot more. Okay. If I'm remembering the video right. And if I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I just, so I, like, I... But yes, we do knock Russell for his threes. Yeah. And that's there where I'm go. just like, if Russell took zero threes, would he be a better player? And I think probably. He's probably a better player. And, and then I'm like, well, then could the same be true for Ben Simmons? So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. You know what? If 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 he never develops a jumper, and then all of a sudden he still ends up being just God, yeah. <laughs> or a God tier, then I mean I, I'm happy to be. I, my favorite thing about the NBA is that I'm so happy to be wrong about things. That's I think that's my favorite. Like because it's like I'm just some dude in Indiana that watches a bunch of stuff. I play I play guitar for most of the time, and then I watch basketball because I love it. Right. It's like the other. It's like the other night when we did the uh, when you sent me the build your five guys under twenty five, and then as soon as I said Kuzma, you and Jordan just popped off on me. Dude, I was like, I'm not a believer. Is is bet Listen, I was just spending the final three. I didn't think about leaving leaving a dollar or two on the table. <laughs> if I got the money, I'm spending it. Yeah. No, I, I get it, man. Um. All right, man. Well, I uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up, man. That's good um, for me. We're gonna we're gonna send this off. Uh, we're gonna play we're gonna play Creamsicle off the new record. 
uh, from far from it. But yeah. go ahead and tell people where they could find where they could find the the album, where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find the band, <laughs> all that good stuff. All right, um, all right. If you want to find the record, it's on all major streaming services. Uh, it's out via Delayed Gratification Records, based out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, but yeah, Spotify, Apple Music, it, anywhere where you listen to music, it's there. Um, you can find the band at pretty much all of our socials are at Far From It MW. Uh, for Midwest. Um, you can find me on social media if you want to yell at all the bad takes I make in this. <laughs> it's at M-U-H-C-O-O-C-H-E-E. That's at Makuchi. That's how you say my last name. It's not a body part joke. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cream Sickle's out now. Go listen to it. Tell me what you think. I care more about that than what I think you think of my basketball takes. I'll put it that way. Absolutely. Um, but uh Hell yeah! Thanks for having me on. By the yeah, way, this thanks, was, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. This this yeah. was one I was excited about since uh, <laughs> since I since I set the message. It was like, please, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mention this earlier. He uh, this lesson when he messaged me about it, he's like, let's talk about basketball and then we'll promote your EP. And I was like, right, you have me at talk basketball. I don't even care about the EP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! But yeah. yeah, listen to the record. I like the song. Hopefully, if you've listened to it after this. Awesome. See you later. (laughs) Appreciate it, Joe. Take care, man. Yeah. See ya. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't Remember when you asked to But I chose, I chose, I chose, I chose, I chose To let you linger In the back of my mind